I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, June 24, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Today's market was eerily quiet. It was rather quiet all day long. However, that doesn't mean that there's not stuff going on underneath the covers. Stuff going on underneath the hood of the market. There was. We're going to discuss all of it. You're probably wondering, what is that 293.61 trend line on the screen? I'm going to get to that in a moment. It's not extremely important. I'm using it as a guideline. You'll see why later. Let's first discuss the big picture. Has anything changed? No. Nothing has changed since the last time we spoke, which was over the weekend. And here's the synopsis. A, the market should be running out of time. Maybe it already did run out of time. We may have had a high two trading sessions ago. That's completely possible. What does that mean? That means any trader that wants to or wishes to be short the market can do so against the high made from two trading days ago. That high is 296.31 in the SPY, high of the day 296.31. However, what you have to know is there's technically nothing wrong with the market. On one hand, I say we're in the time zone for a turn. However, On the other hand, that doesn't mean the market can't go higher. There hasn't been really a signal of a trend change yet. We have no high volume reversal. We have none of the other things that we look for in a market reversal. We have a couple of things that may be indicative of a topping process. We're going to discuss a lot of that tonight. On the bullish side, we're way above all the moving averages. On one hand, that's a positive. We're in an uptrend. On the other hand, we're pretty far away from both the 50 and the 20 period moving average. As you know, I like to call the 20 period moving average home base. So it would be normal garden variety market behavior for the market to at least come back to home base or go sideways and let home base come up toward price. However, all that being said, the market is trying to give us Some puzzle pieces telling us there's a picture at hand. We're going to look at all the pieces. We're going to try and piece it together and see what the market is really telling us. What is that 293.61? Well, that happens to be the low of the day from the 20th, two trading sessions ago. The low is 293.61. I have it on the chart only as a guideline. Why? Well, when you go down to an intraday, whether it's a 5-minute chart, a 10-minute chart, a 15-minute chart, it doesn't really matter. You want to know where that number is. You're likely to find some semblance of support in and around that number. There's the number from the other day, and you can see where the low of the day was made today, and then we closed back above that number just by a few pennies. That's not an accident. It's not a coincidence. The market does that over and over and over again. But here's the problem with that number. As the market was coming down toward that number, we were in what I like to call a creeping market. There's really no fun in a creeping market. The volume was light. Hardly anything was moving along. Creeping markets 
cause you to check the mail three times during the day and the mailman only comes once. Net net, there's nothing to do. Let's get a visual of the hourly chart and let's also discuss a couple of things. Something worth pointing out is all these gap hires and then we go sideways. Another gap hire and we pull back. Another gap hire and we pull back. Another gap hire and we go sideways. Another gap hire and we go sideways or pull back. Another gap hire, same routine. Another gap hire, same routine. Is there a pattern developing in the market? And the answer is, yes, there is. The question then becomes, what is it? And the answer is, what it looks like to me is institutional distribution. What does that mean? Well, the first thing or one of the first things they teach you in trading school is you sell into strength. Market gaps higher in the morning, somebody's selling into that strength. One of the things that might come to mind when I talk about this is, yeah, but even though we keep gapping higher and consolidating, the market's just going up. That's true. That's fine. We take it for what it is. We know that the market always has a destination. We talked about the destination of 297. The market almost got to 297, then it pulled way back. Then it made another run of recent coming up short of 297. Maybe whatever that high was is the final destination. Maybe there's one more push higher. At this point, it really doesn't matter until and unless some of the other things we look at change. So that being said, let's go ahead and look at some other markets. We'll take a look around the horn. We'll look at a variety of different things and we'll try and piece this thing together so we have the clearest picture we can going forward. Where are we? We're in Camp IWM, my favorite market leading indicator. Camp IWM got taken out behind the woodshed today down 1%. That doesn't really qualify for woodshed, only against the other markets, we can use that term. The S&P 500 was only down 5 points today or less than two-tenths of 1%. So against the S&P 500, it's a woodshed day. And once again, we must ask the question, are we putting in or have we put in a lower high? Here's a high. Here's another high. Now we've begun to sell off from that high. When you compare this chart against the SPY, it doesn't even look close. We were just at new highs in the SPY, We can't come close in the IWM. If everything was so strong, we would see widespread institutional participation across all global markets. It's all the same market. They're all going to rally together. They're all going to sell together. That doesn't have to take place day in and day out. But in the big picture, week over week over week, month over month, All those charts are going to look very similar to one another. And when I say all those charts, we're talking about the Qs, the Spiders, the Dow, the IWM, the transports, the financials. They're all going to look similar in the end, but daily we have divergences. So we use those divergences to our advantage to see if they're trying to tell us something. What's the IWM telling us? Right now what it's telling us, until and unless... We turn around and get above the high made the other day, then that is a lower high. What do we have to watch out for on the bullish side? Well, we have to watch out for an A, 
be, and we don't know where this one may or may not end, but another C leg, which would officially complete above the high of the A leg. We do have to watch out for that. That is possible. We've seen that before. Remember, Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate Crew is always out in force. The way I'm looking across the markets right now is that it is, at least the appearance is to me, that it's a topping process. And it's just that. It's a process. Not all markets top at the same time. We know and we've seen before my second favorite market leading indicator, the transports, we've seen them top and we've seen them bottom long before the S&P 500. So this is normal garden variety market behavior. And keep in mind, they never make it easy. Whether it's a bullish market, a bearish market, you're trying to get short or you're trying to get long, they never make it easy. The market's job is to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. That's just the way the market works. Speaking of my second favorite market leading indicator, here are the transports and they look very similar, almost identical to the IWM. There's almost something eerily similar between the IWM and the transports against everything else. The Qs look similar to the S&P 500, similar to the Dow. We never look at it, but here is the Dow. It looks like the S&P 500, but they don't look like the IWM and the transports. So how do we handle this? Well, here's the way I have to look at it. I have no choice. It's the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, when I see this kind of thing going on, it's going to be right. It's a topping process. Now, that being said... Can we have another couple of up days? Can the transports and the IWM turn around, have some up days, but not make new highs and then fall off again? Absolutely, that happens all the time. Just so we get a different look, here's a 240-minute chart. Can we make a case that this is a bull flag pattern? It's a loose one, but certainly until and unless we close below this low right here, the low happens to be... 10,194 and change. Until we close below that low on this 240-minute chart, this is then a pullback until we close below that low. That is certainly possible. So you have to look around the horn. You have to look at all the charts. You have to see the big picture. You have to look at the trend on the short-term charts. You have to look at the trend on the longer-term charts. When there are distinct divergences between the different charts, the long and the short term, makes things more difficult. When everything matches up, makes things much easier. Staying on that conversation, but going down to a 120-minute chart, you can see pretty clearly this is a distinct breakup candle. If we close a 120-minute candle two hours below that breakup candle low, that's going to be trouble for the transports. So we have to watch all different time frames. I'm watching all the time. I'm trying to assemble the puzzle. So far, we have the S&P 500 rather flat. The IWM, down. Transports, down. By the way, transports down 1.5%. IWM down 1%. S&P 500 almost flat. How about technology? How about the Qs? Anything wrong with this market? Is this market in a downtrend or an uptrend? It's in an uptrend. We've had a two-day pullback from the recent high. It's really not in trouble at all. 
were extended. It's away from the moving averages. So it would be garden variety, normal market behavior to at least take a breather for a while. But we're just looking at each chart, each market, independent of everything else. We take a tunnel vision approach and say, what do we see on this chart? And that's what I see on this chart. Let's say I'm right. And let's say we are in a topping process. What does wrong look like? Wrong looks like we're going a lot higher. But if I'm right and we're in a topping process, what are we likely to see? If that is correct, then we're likely to see really one of three things. We're likely to see a pretty good gap in crap on volume, right? So if it's on volume and the market craps out and it finishes on a low, that's negative, that's bearish, that's probably a sign of a top. The next thing we can see is an intraday reversal similar to a gap in crap, only the market doesn't necessarily have to gap up. But one of those reversals on some kind of market scare, maybe it's a piece of news, could be something having to do with China, could be Iran, could be North Korea, could be anything under the sun. We have no idea. We don't know. But if something spooks the market... And intraday, if we get a reversal and again finish near the lows, that's also a negative sign, could be another sign of a top. Another thing we would be looking out for, you wake up, show up at the computer, and they're absolutely killing the market. It's a big gap down and they don't stop, they just keep going. There's obviously other renditions of a lot of different varieties of things that can happen, but those are the three main themes that I typically look for. Back to the spider for one second. Let's say the market never closes hourly below 293.61. What am I looking for? I'm looking for higher prices until at least they close below that, barring all that other stuff we just discussed. What's doing over at the VIX? The VIX was similar to the overall stock market today. The stock market traded in a very, very narrow range, as did the VIX. However, we're wondering if the VIX put in a low two days ago We're wondering the same thing about a potential market top. The VIX looks like it put in a low a couple of days ago, but again, everything has to play out. It has to prove itself. We need more evidence from some of the things that we just went through. Let's look at the VIX from a variety of different time frames. Here's a 15-minute chart. You can see it looks like a bull flag pattern. If we go down to a 5-minute chart, what do you see? You don't see the same thing because you can't see enough on the screen what happens when we go to an hourly chart what does that look like it looks like a bull flag pattern that's consolidating above the convergence of the 120 period moving average here's the flag pattern and this will generally have another move or continuation move as it's called up to the upside this one can measure out to at least about 16 doesn't mean that's where it has to stop That's just what you can see on the screen based on the current pattern. Maybe 16 and a quarter. 120 minute chart, you see exactly the same thing. This is what the VIX is telling us. The VIX, the charts, line up. You go to a 10 minute or 15 minute chart and an hourly chart and a 120 minute chart and they begin to all look the same. They're all telling a storyline. The VIX is lining up with what the IWM and the transports are telling us. The S&P 500 and the Dow and the triple Qs are telling a different story. It's interesting. It's fascinating. Why does that happen? What's the market trying to tell us? 
are all the other markets, meaning the IWM, the transports, the VIX, are they all going to turn around and follow suit and everything goes higher? That's possible. Or are the other markets going to catch up with what normally are the leading indicators on both directions? How about the financials? What is the XLF telling us? Well, it was down one-third of 1% today, but that's not really the whole story. More of the story is where it finished in relation to where it was earlier in the day. That's part one. Look at this rodeo ride. Here's the first 10-minute candle of the day. The XLF goes all the way up to about 27.35 and then melts down the rest of the day, finishing where it was, 27.12. Simple stuff. We don't have to make this rocket science. Here's what we're going to use on the XLF. This low right here, 26.93, we've discussed that before. It's not really that far away from price. We can even say closing hourly below that number is the first sign that the XLF has actually made another lower high. So here's the high up here and then potentially lower high couple of times tested and rejected. So that's what we're looking for. If this holds, we can certainly go higher another time. And if it does hold, what will we be talking about? We'll be back talking about a bull flag pattern. You see how complicated this can be? It depends on what the market does, where it closes, and what it looks like on all the charts. We have to look at both sides of the market. When we go to a 120-minute chart, we have the same type of thing that we just looked at. Anything above here is okay. Closing below here on this 120-minute chart, no good. Same thing applies to the daily chart. All charts have to line up, and we also have to recognize that the XLF may only just be coming down to test the low of the breakup candle. We have to keep that in consideration. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to know. There's a lot to look at. And it's all broken down, in at least my opinion, in a very clear and concise format in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. I go over each of these things in detail using a variety of different charts. We go over all the signals, all the charts, all the patterns, all the different ways that we look at all the markets. I know it's a little soapbox, but we'll just call it of note. Let's confuse things a little more. This is the broker-dealer index. It's like the financial index, only it's limited to broker-dealers inside this index. The XLF has more of a variety and widespread holdings across the financial industry. We don't have to look at both every single day, but I look at both all day. All of a sudden, pretty bad day for the broker-dealer index down about 1.5% in concert with the transports, but not in concert with the XLF. It's a separate index, but look where it is. It's below all the moving averages all of a sudden. Did we also make a lower high in the broker-dealer index? It appears that we did. Like I said before, it could be a topping process. Back to the tech space for a second. The SMH is a good leading indicator of the tech space. It was flat. We're trapped in between these moving averages. The 50 above, the 100 period below gives us no new information today whatsoever. What we discussed in the weekend video holds true. No change in the SMH. How about gold? Gold's on a melt-up. Last time we talked about gold, I think I mentioned 1413 as resistance. 
I think that was the day before it got there, got there real quick, and then it pulled back, and now we've powered through it, got to what would have been the second level. I don't think I ever told you what it was, 1422 and change, and still going higher. I wouldn't get in front of this freight train. It's on a breakout, obviously. We talked about that when it broke out. It never gave me, at least, an opportunity to get in. I just couldn't buy high and sell higher. I'm not that type of trader. It just took off like a rocket without me on board. Question everybody has is, where's it going? If it's going to keep going higher, where's it going? Well, we need some more charts. Here's a weekly chart. Is that telling us anything? It's telling us it's breaking out pretty damn hard. What the weekly chart is telling us is that you're going to begin to see the frenzy show up if you haven't already. The media is going to start telling you why gold is going higher. Everybody's going to run to buy it. That's going to be at the point in which it'll at least have a temporary top. Where is that going to be? Well, we need another chart yet. And here you can see on the monthly chart, we're right into the 100 period moving average on the monthly chart. Do we have to stop there? No, we don't have to stop there. It's a monthly number, which means intra-month, a lot can happen. The question is, are we likely to close above that for the month? Well, if we do, I would say that would be extremely bullish. But right now, what can we say about price and gold? Here's what I'll say. If they're going to continue higher, it's unlikely that they'll get above that pivot high for long, 1457.90, just call it 1455 to 1460. That would be an area where if I was long gold, I would be looking to exit gold under normal garden variety market conditions. They're not going to just blow through that monthly pivot. I always like to put it in perspective of where we are. So we're back to the weekly chart and we can scroll back in time to see really what the weekly chart looks like and where the pivots or whatever is on the chart we want to see what they are and you can see here we get a sense for what's going on up at that 1450 to 1460 area you can see that once we get up there there are a lot of pivots so here's a pivot high 1396 already been through there here's another one 1438 haven't been there yet where's price it's in between what's the next natural area of resistance right here the high of 1438, maybe it's 1435, but somewhere in that neighborhood is another natural area of resistance. What's the high here? 1484, it's $50 away. Could we get up that high? Absolutely. Gold has been known to move 30, 40, $50 in a day with big momentum behind it in either direction. It moved $23 today. And back to the daily chart, look what happened a couple of days ago. So gold is on a run. I wouldn't step in front of gold, at least not until we got up north of 1450. How about silver? Silver doesn't look the same. And what's interesting is it's above all the moving averages. And can silver, here's the question, can silver be consolidating to make a run higher to catch up with gold? And I would say for anybody that wants to trade silver, as long as silver stays above this low of $15.12 on the actual silver futures contract, then it's still bullish. It's above all the moving averages. It's working its way higher. Can it play catch up? Sure. Can it also have the other effect? 
Can it be indicative of we're getting close to a top in gold, gold's going to come back down, which is the reason why silver isn't going? And I can say yes or no, and that's one of the reasons why I don't like to correlate markets. You don't know if one market is following another today, and it won't tomorrow. I just look at each chart independent of one another, but I do understand that gold and silver do trade in tandem the majority of the time. They just don't have to trade to the same magnitude all the time. For example, gold was up 1.6% today, Silver was up less than nine-tenths of one percent. Both up, just not to the same magnitude. Why? Have no idea. I don't care. And neither should you. We shouldn't focus on stuff that doesn't matter. You need brain power for the charts. You need brain power to figure out what's working. Don't use brain power on nonsense. You can't make any money trying to figure out why silver does or doesn't follow gold. It's not going to help you. And I'm not speaking to any one individual in particular. I got a few questions on this and I wanted to address it to the group because I think it's important for everybody to have the same perspective. Let's all be on the same page. Crude oil. Where's crude oil going? We talked about where it's going already. It's likely going to 59. Those moving averages and the top of the breakdown candle should be rather magnetic and draw price up to somewhere in the vicinity of 59. And with that, folks, I'm going to pull the ripcord. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My strategic forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is Common Sense Market Analysis.